I mean, should I say it? Am I allowed to say it? Should I say it? Are the Knicks, are they real? They might actually be a real solid team. Fuck it. They're real. Now, you know, what is real? Um, like, they've been much better than what I thought. Um, what I had been saying preseason. Uh, and even for, you know, the first two-thirds of the year. They, like, they are much more than just average, mediocre, middle-of-the-pack, mid, right? That's what I've been calling them for a while. But, like, they've proven now for a bit, they're, like, legitimate contenders for a top-four seat right now in the conference. Like, they're not the Sixers. They're not the Bucks. Shit, they're not the Celtics. But after that, it's like, why can't they grab that spot? Underneath those three teams. And be the top of the East. Why not? I'm not afraid of anybody else. Outside of those three powerhouses. And even some of those teams. Like the Knicks have at least shown. They can compete like hell with them. They now have three wins. In four games over Boston. They meet once more on Friday. And that, that might be a game you pencil in a loss. But you never know now with this team. I don't know anymore. They've defeated the Sixers at least twice. The Bucks, yes, I, I'm I'm terrified of the Bucks, um, but yeah, I mean, like, call me nuts if you want, but I think calling the Knicks a good, solid team is not crazy anymore. I don't think it's crazy. I mean, look, they are now 26 and 14 since the Dallas debacle, and that's that's 650 basketball over a 40 game span. That's half a season. They are eight and one in their last nine games. They are 6-0 in their last six games, as we all know. And, of course, they are now 36-27 overall, which officially puts them in the number five spot over the New Jersey Swamp Rat Nets. And now they're just two back still in the loss column from that number four seed in the Cavs, which is an important seed to me because I want that home court spot. And what's even crazier is that the Knicks, you know, in terms of wins and losses, which is all that matters, are currently the eighth best team in basketball. And they excuse me, they've been right there, eight, nine, ten most of the season. This is a thirty team league. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's really not bad. And so so excellent job by this team finally finding their footing after that early December embarrassment. Um, credit to Tibbs for going to the nine-man rotation, establishing roles, giving guys more minutes to help figure it out and find their rhythm. He's developed a winning culture. He's getting guys, you know, he's getting defense out of guys you never thought would become defense guys. Emmanuel quickly as a rookie, the difference between now to him as a rookie, it's crazy on that side of the floor. He's become their best defender. I test wise, statistically, like he's become their best defender on the perimeter. Robinson obviously anchors that defense. He's improved every season on the boards. So credit to Tibbs. Credit to Tibbs and the front office for grabbing a guy like Josh Hart, who had such a night last night. Credit to Brunson and Randall for leading the way this year. IQ and Mitch, who continue to portray the meaning of value perfectly each night. And man, were they good in this one. 
Uh, Grimes playing defense on Tatum last night, sticking him like Lou to hold him to 14 points. You know, not not to throw a parade here, a participation parade right now for having the fifth seed, you know, with 18 or so games left. Um, but, you know, you, you're seeing growth here, and to me that's the first step. So I want to talk about it. I want to get into it all. Knicks Celtics, we'll get into it here in episode 485. Let's talk. Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Champion of the world! Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down and the game is tied! Time! Penetrate, creates, and shows some dexterity as well with the left hand. Yankees win! Alright, let's talk, man. I'm excited. I'll tell you what, man. Last night, Madison Square Garden was nuts. And... I am so jealous that I wasn't there. I really, I am jealous. I just, just watching all that took place last night inside that building, the atmosphere. Every time the Knicks made, you know, a big defensive play, a rebound, a steal, a three-point make, a fast break bucket, the entire building erupted. You could hear it through your TV. When Tatum got ejected, it was amazing. The goodbyes. Josh Hart was directing his ass off the court. That was hilarious. Um, it, it was something magical going on in that building, as it is whenever the Knicks do some shit there. But it's fun, man. And, you know, I'm telling you right now, whenever the Knicks are rolling, whenever the Knicks are good and rolling, NYC's different. Um, this is one of the things that might bother you only if you're not a diehard of a Knicks fan, it'll bother you. So you can disagree all you want, but it's only something you could possibly know by being a diehard fan of the Yankees and the Knicks. I don't even think the Giants or Jets or, or Mets can say something like this, but New York City, it's at its craziest when the Knicks are on. When they're going... New York City is, it's a Knicks city. It is. I'm, I'm just, I, I think it's, you know, the, the passion, the hunger to win, given their history. It just goes wild whenever the Knicks are decent. I mean, just look at the opening win last season against the Celtics, right? That started an entire frenzy, an entire hashtag. But, you know, it created memes. Just a simple opening night win against the Celtics. And here we are last night, big win against the Celtics, and I'm sure the streets were no different. But it goes wild when the Knicks do something as opposed to any other franchise in New York City. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, man, it's a Knicks city. Everybody knows the Knicks in NYC. It's all about the Knicks. You know, and, and you know, again, we got a lot of work to do yet, right? Um, but it's a good step. And I want home court 
And I don't think it's that crazy to ask the Knicks to go and grab that fourth seed anymore. Do I think it's going to happen? I don't know. I don't think. It's going to be hard. The Cavs have an easier schedule than the Knicks going forward to close out the season. But, you know, more importantly, at the end of the day, I want this team to do something in the play. I want them giving problems to opponents. In the, I, I want I want a second round, few wins in the second round at the absolute worst. I would like to see what we can do after that. But I, I think you got to, the way this team's fighting right now, that's got to be the expectation. To, to give a team a really tough go in the second round. You know, and I feel more and more confident each day, each day, that they're able to do something like that. You know, there's an argument to be made that this Knicks team here in 2023 is better than the one in 2021. There's also an argument to be made that they could be even better than the 54 win team back in 2012. Um, because that's <clears throat> that team seemed more like a, like a one year thing, a lot of older veterans. Mello had his greatest season, so did J.R. Smith. A lot of guys had career years. Chandler. This team has young players who compete every night. They have bought into their coach's system, and they have such this, this great, tremendous chemistry. You can really see how much these guys like each other and they, they, how much they enjoy playing together. And, and part of that comes with winning, but I, I think there's something to say about how, how, how friendly these guys are with each other. On and off the court. You know. Anyways. All that aside. Let's talk about this Celtics win. Um, The Knicks. Make the statement. Over the Celtics last night. Capital T. Capital S. The statement win. 109-106. At the. Garden. Right. Um, the Knicks, you know, they, they got off to this extremely hot start after the first few minutes. Um, in like the first quarter and a half, they're on fire. They go up by as many as 20 points by the midway point in the second quarter. Brunson had it going at the rim. The defense was just exceptional. Guys are fighting through screens. Mitch is working the paint and blocking Tatum at the rim. He's getting steals, deflections out there. Randall's going from three-point land again. Josh Hart and Emmanuel Quickly are coexisting, leading the way with the second unit in the second quarter. So that red-hot start to this game was massive to me because, as we all knew, uh, as we all know, the rest of the game became a grind. Like the Knicks could never pull it to that next step. You know, it, it, it was it was always the Celtics just staying in close enough to make it a game. Um, it was 67 to 60 Celtics from that six minute mark in the second quarter to the end of the game. So they they made it tough. You know, they made it tight. It was a tight game, tighter than um, Tuco Salamanca on Walter Smith. Um, you know, I, I just want to emphasize that uh, that hot start because. It was just a huge reason for the win. You know, getting off to a hot start. I feel like when the Knicks had that COVID team, the We Here season, they got off to a ton of slow starts. And I don't know the numbers this year, 
but I feel like it's been key to the Knicks competing with teams as they get off to a lively start out the gate. But yeah, um, right from there, you know, after that six minute mark in the second quarter, you see Boston make a bit of a run to pull within eight points. Uh, they basically just started getting into the paint and they were tightening up their defense on the other side of the ball. However, the Knicks pushed it back and they responded by going up to, uh, by 14 points at halftime. RJ was displaying some great touch at the rim in the final minutes there to help the Knicks gain some comfort level. Um, and that right there was a theme of the entire second half of this ballgame. The Knicks being able to punch back and find a sort of comfort level whenever they faced adversity. They were able to pull it right back to within 11-12 points. You know, the Knicks opened up the third quarter with very cold shooting, air balls and bricks all over the place from Randall and R.J. Barrett. Um, Meanwhile, Boston, they start to knock them down from three. Tatum with some hot shooting. You get the big defense from Grimes at the rim, forcing the double clutch on Derek White. But then Horford starts to knock down some triples, and Brogdon cuts the lead to nine. But again, though, the Knicks respond when it's quickly and Josh Hart and Randall too, storming them into the fourth quarter to put the Knicks up 13 points. So the fourth quarter comes. Quickly's running point. He's pushing the pace early on. He knocks down an immediate three-point look, then gets a bunch of free throws to fall a little while after. Then you get a couple of poor turnovers from the Knicks and Isaiah Hartenstein travel. Uh, the bad kickout pass from R.J. Barrett. He was horrendous. Um... Boston pulls to within 10 points again. But Tibbs calls a big timeout right there, and it worked. Um, Because out the timeout, you had your bigs, Obi and Mitch, providing you some offense. Mitch with another crucial block. Josh Hart is out there facilitating. He's playing the fast break, and then later he knocks down the big goodnight triple. And that, to me, was the official FU to Boston uh, because of the whole Tatum thing. So you had less than four minutes left. The Knicks are up 11 points. Um, they're getting a bit stagnant out there offensively. But Randall drives left across the lane on Horford, kicks it to Josh Hart in the corner, and then Josh Hart knocks it down. And that's, I think, you know, Hart in the final minutes was kind of getting into Tatum's head. And that's when Tatum finally just couldn't have it. And he got a second technical and he's tossed from the game. MSG saying their their goodbyes, and then that's when Josh Hart, you know, says his goodbye, literally and figuratively, um, with the shot and, and the wave or whatever, pointing whatever he was doing. But um, and that was it. The Knicks win on a great night of basketball, one hundred nine ninety four. Excellent physical, but still fast paced game. Very exciting. The only part of the game that was not exciting and was very much a bore was the um. The instant replay garbage on that Brunson fadeaway. Uh, the game stopped for at least, I think Breen said, like seven minutes they counted. And then right after that, the clock froze up. It was really, they, they got to do something about that for sure. But yeah, what a win. Uh, the best win of the year, no doubt. And we have said that more than often. But how could you not say this was the statement win? You know, such such an insane effort. On the Knicks part. And that's what I want to get to first. Their effort last night. So we'll talk about that when we return from break. Stay with us. Be right back.
Welcome to. Hey guys, so if you are a listener of the podcast often and you want to know where to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at BD4. You can find me on Twitter at BD4Pod. And you can also find me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. Welcome back from the break. I'm your host, RJ. You're listening to episode 485 of BD4. The Knicks stomped the Celtics in a massive statement win. That no-quit Thibodeau resiliency last night was just in full effect. The fight in Thibodeau's, right? But the Knicks all night just responding to runs, um, responding to runs, responding to runs. That's what they were doing. Every single time Boston made a run, the Knicks would answer back. Either it was Josh Hart with the big-time steal, Mitch Robinson with a putback, a tip-in, a block, a rebound, quickly with the triple. RJ, although he was horrible and scored only 10 points and had five turnovers, he played a big factor making that mini eight-point run attacking the basket towards the end of the second quarter. That was when the Celtics were trying to steal the momentum back. Uh, just just big-time play after big-time play, and that's a word you're going to hear me say often throughout this episode, so I may overuse massive and huge and big because there were a lot of big plays. Um, but if the Celtics made a three, the Knicks responded with something. Anytime they got to within, again, 9, 10, 11 points, the Knicks stretched it back to 13, 14, 15. All night. Same story. Back and forth like that by both sides. The Knicks make a huge run. The Celtics pull a close, vice versa. But by the end, it's the Knicks delivering the final blow in a bloody battle with great defense, good shot making, good unselfish basketball. And I thought Thibodeau coached a wonderful game last night. He handled the offense well. He handled the double teams very well with good ball movement. And that, to me, is going to be key. It's important because it's exactly what you're going to see in the postseason. Right? Brunson and Randall, as I've been saying time and time again, aren't going to be able to ISO as much and get the defense into a mismatch on a switch down the line in the playoffs. Because these two, you know, as soon as they put the ball on the floor, especially Randall with his back to the basket, they're going to see doubles. The defense will trap, try to force a turnover, a bad pass, whatever it is, a fumble. But tonight, or last night, especially late in the game, we saw the Knicks handle that pretty well. Randall made quick reads. Uh, Brunson was quick to attack as soon as the doubles came. Swing a pass. Wasn't always pretty. You know, got a little reckless at times. But outside of R.J. Barrett, uh, the Knicks only had six turnovers and they shot 52%. So, I, you know, I credit Thibodeau. For, for pressing that. Calling timeouts in great situations last night, which is you know something he gets flack for. He also gets a lot of criticism for his substitution patterns. But I thought it was flawless last night. I thought the Knicks executed an ATO offense. It felt like every time after a timeout, we plugged in a new guy and he'd come up and make a big play. RJ turns it over in the fourth quarter. He sits. And Tibbs once again... For a third consecutive game, goes with our closing lineup, which is now the closing lineup: Brunson, Quickly, Randall, Hart, and, and, and uh, Robinson. 
So I, I thought it was a good, very well-coached game by Tibbs. Um, but speaking of Mitchell Robinson, I really want to get to his night because he was the best player on the floor, at least among the starters last night for the Knicks. So let's talk about him after break. Be right back. BD4 is located on many different platforms. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if you do there, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. You can listen to it on Spotify, but you can also watch the podcast on both Spotify and YouTube. BD4 is available on many other platforms as well. All you got to do is search it. Welcome back to the Apple show. Podcasts, Mitchell Spotify, Robinson YouTube, gets and the first more. game ball of the, uh, the night for me. Bing bang. How could you not give it to him? I mean, the guy was, in my opinion, the guy. And it's a damn shame that he plays alongside Brunson and Randall, too. Otherwise, he'd have plenty of these game balls. Um, he's also been hurt for 20-something games, but he looks phenomenal since returning. It's three games, but he looks phenomenal. Holy cow. Big defensive plays all night by Robinson. You know, doubling Tatum in the first quarter for that steal. How about in the third quarter? The Celtics were making that run. Tatum lobs it to Robert Williams on the roll. But Mitch gets in the way, swats it away, and it leads to a fast break for the Knicks. Yeah, the first quarter block on Tatum, we'll mention that. We already mentioned it. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. Um, you know, a giant block on Malcolm Brogdon, who scored 22 points on 10 of 16. But he blocked him in the fourth quarter when Boston was on one of their final runs of the game. That was a key point in the night right there. Two massive offensive rebounds in the fourth quarter. The tip in with six minutes and then the putback slam off the Randall miss a possession later. Um, three consecutive double-doubles now. That's cool. You know, on the year, he's averaging 9.2 rebounds. I want that 10 very badly for him. Um, at worst, I'd like the 9.5 so we can round it up. But, man, does, does he look very good since returning? And, you know, I was worried about that because he's usually a slow starter when he gets back from these injuries. But he looks in shape physically. He looks big and in shape. And his conditioning, you know, with the rim running out there, looks good. And also those second leaps are there. And he's been scoring the ball. Scoring the ball more. Um, which is always a nice surprise. It's a good bonus. You know, and it, it's it's not just because of putbacks and tip-ins either. He's getting featured in some half-court offense. The other night, the Knicks kept going to that Barrett-Robinson pick-and-roll. Uh, last night, you know, he receives a dump-off pass from Grimes, who made some nice plays on the ball last night. Uh, he got a lob from Jalen Brunser after he splits the defense. Um, and then we got a little of that, you know, 3-5 high pick-and-roll action again with R.J. Barrett on the right side wing, you know. And that was a big basket because it was during that dry spell for the Knicks when they couldn't find the hole in the second quarter. Um... But it was just nice to have him back out there anchoring the middle. You know, the, the Celtics wanted no part of shooting near Mitchell Robinson last night. So you could really tell he's a guy, man. You know, he doesn't put up big-time points numbers, but the defense, the rebounding, it's so significant. And you only have to – you just got to watch, and you'll see it. And I get it. I'm buying more into him 
just like I'm buying more into quickly stock as the season goes on. Those are two guys who I've been very so-so with over the, the last few years, but as this season's progressing, you could see the progression in their games, and they're really starting to develop. So Mitch was great. Um, what else? The bench. <laughs> the bench was brilliant. Oh, hold on. I'm really thirsty. But, um, again, how big of a difference has Josh Hart been for this bench since he's come here? They're obviously 6-0 and now with him. But it used to be only Emmanuel quickly, right? Now you're getting both of them consistently in double figures. Last night, 44 bench points. Quickly with 23. Josh Hart, 12. OB9. Josh Hart, 12 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals. Two triples, a plus 15. <laughs> Every night you watch him, he's flying around out there, always in the right spot. The clutch shooting on broken plays, the, you know, the wild shot over two defenders last night, slashing to the rim, getting two feet in the paint at all times, the big three-pointers, the one in the fourth quarter, the second quarter he knocks one down, following to his left. Uh, then he later connects on that wild right-handed floater over Robert Williams. Uh, his help defense, you know, he's jumping the pass lane to interrupt the Grant Williams pass from the baseline to start a transition opportunity. And then just two minutes later, he pokes it loose from behind Tatum to do the same thing. I loved his defense on that Tatum possession, the entire sequence, um, when he got that Tatum steal. You know, he's, he's fighting through two screens at once. He chases down Tatum to force the first pass. Then he jumps back out to Muscala, I think it was. He forces Muscala to pass it back down to Tatum at the nail. And once Tatum retrieves the ball, he's sort of on an island with Randall. Guess gets a little lackadaisical, Tatum does. And then that's where Hart jumps in from behind to poke it loose. Just just crazy defense. He's just... he's. He's got a good combination of toughness and basketball IQ. He, he plays so smart. And you combine that with his toughness. It's awesome. And I love the fact that he's here and he's good, but we also just, you know, we don't have to worry about these losers, these absolute losers who want Tibbs in jail every night because Cam Reddish isn't playing. So that's all gone. There's no more drama, you know. Um, Obi Toppin. Three for four last night, nine points, knocked down a triple, hit a few free throws, grabbed some rebounds. First basket for Moby came off the Josh Hart handoff. Tacked the rim right. Uh, there was some excellent ball movement in spurts throughout the night. And I thought one of them was in the fourth quarter. Uh, one second here. Oh, we're okay. Um, one of those sequences came in the fourth quarter. Obi was in the weak side corner. Quickly's on the other end. He swings it to Brunson. Brunson swings it to Hart around the perimeter. Hart swings it to Obi. It comes around the horn, who knocks down the three-point ball. Um, you also have the two-on-two fast break flush with him and Josh Hart. Yeah, the four rebounds. You know, one of those was early fourth quarter. Early fourth quarter, and it was significant because it came off the missed free throw from I think quickly to provide the extra bonus possession. Um, and yeah, quickly, he gets the uh, he's getting the second game ball for me. Uh, he's getting the bing bong ball from off the bench last night because he was great. Bing bong. 
23 points, 3 rebounds last night, <clears throat> um, 7 of 13 shooting, 4 of 7 from 3, 5 of 5 at the line, 2 assists. But man, those those 3 pointers he was knocking down felt monumental. Adding to the lead in the second quarter a few times, um, halting any kind of momentum in the third quarter a few more times whenever Boston made one of their small runs. And how about that sweet step back at the nail in the fourth quarter? You know, he was getting to the free throw line, knocking those down. He's got great form and consistent mechanics at the line, man. I was noticing that. Um, he's out there driving middle and uh, creating offense. You know, he had some really nice nice assists, um, you know, driving and, and drawing the defense to collapse on him as he kicks it out. You know, the one handoff to Hart where he drove in the lane. Picked up his dribble, but handed it off to him, leading to a bucket. He's playing well. You know, he's playing defense, challenging shooters, grabbing rebounds. Kid's on fire right now offensively. Last 32 games, he's been in double figures 30 times. He shot 50% or better in his last 6 of 7. He's making a legitimate case to be at least mentioned in the... uh, what do you call it? The sixth man of the year conversation. Should at least mention his name. You know, he, he won it last night against Brogdon, who's probably going to be the guy who gets it. Maybe. But, you know, him stepping up like this quickly and becoming this consistent weapon is giant for nights like last night where your top three guys, Barrett, Brunson, Randall, only combined for 50 points. So to have quickly and Hart do what they did, Mitchell Robinson do what he did, Sign a guy stepping up, big. The little things. And I want to talk about some little things we did on defense when we return from break. Stay with us. We also have a website now for BD4. If you go to bd4blog.com, you can find the blog, the podcast links, and also where to find me on social media. Just go to bd4blog.com. All right, welcome back to break. Uh, to the show, sorry. Uh, welcome back to the show. I'm your host R.J. Carbone. You are listening to episode 485 of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. The little things that really the Knicks did as a team last night defensively was a key component. This will go forgotten. But on that same play where Mitch blocked Malcolm Brogdon in the fourth quarter, it was a very nice job by Brunson to help lead up to that. Brunson's on, I think, uh, was it Brogdon? He's on Brogdon, yeah. He's on Brogdon. He gets beat right. But on the drive, he kind of goes for the ball. And that forces Brogdon. Brogdon to switch to his non-dominant hand and by then he's in traffic and he's forced to shoot on Mitchell Robinson's side of the paint so all Mitch has to do is rotate over a tiny bit and he makes the easy block and boom the Knicks are running the break again so I thought it was a good job by Brunson despite getting beat recovering and then forcing the switch up the last second so Mitch can get that block Um, and even the first block by Mitchell Robinson on Tatum in the first quarter. You have Josh Hart and Emmanuel Quickly. They switch on the Blake Griffin screen. So Quickly's now on Tatum. Hart's on Brogdon. Tatum's got the ball. So you've got the mismatch. But Brunson 
recognizes the mismatch from the corner, and Brunson's on Marcus Smart, who's been off from three-point line lately. So he comes off uh, Smart a little bit to help, and it forces Tatum to drive away from Brunson and right into Mitchell Robinson's territory. Robinson makes the block. Um, so just little things like that. How about the, the, the team effort leading into the Josh Hart steal on Grant Williams? Another example of, of great team defense. Marcus Smart drives right on Randall from the nail. Grant Williams is in the right corner off the ball. Isaiah Hartenstein, who's on Williams, takes a little half step, half step in towards Smart to stump the drive. And that obviously forces Smart to kick out to Williams now. So you have Hartenstein kind of overcommit on the closeout there. Um, and Grant Williams gets by him. But as Williams drives baseline, it's now Randall who steps in. He rotates over to force him to pick up his dribble and pass. And that's where Josh Hart from the weak side elbow jumps the lane, intercepts the skip pass intended for, I think, Tatum. And again, the Knicks are out in transition. So I just thought all the little things were there last night. And that shit, that's not going to uh, show up in the box score. But it's a reason Boston scored only 94 points, uh, 21% from three. Tatum just 14 points on 33%. Boston only seven points outside of Brogdon from the bench. Uh, and that was with three or four other guys playing. Now, obviously, there was some luck involved there. Yeah, there's always going to be luck. Uh, Boston, we're missing some open looks from the outside. But I thought Tatum, being as off as he was, ha- had a lot to do with the Nick defense. Grimes played great on him. And and I don't, I don't want to hear about the garbage. Jalen Brown, I get it. Uh, but nobody gets the number one seed with one player. Boston is a very deep team. They got to the finals last season. Uh, and the Knicks now have three wins against the Celtics this year. One of them with the Celtics at full strength. And Mitchell Robinson not in action. So I don't want to hear that. At the end of the day, cry all you want. Make excuses all you want. It does not change the W or L next to your name. That is all I will ever give a shit about. You can feed me any soliloquy you want. At the end of your soliloquy, I will disregard everything you say and respond with one simple question. Who won the ballgame? And that's it, guys. Big win. That's all we got to say. Big, big win. Knicks got the Nets next. Let's bury those filthy swines and let's go. Let's see what we can do. That would be great. Tend to, I'll tell you when, that last night felt like a playoff game. It did. I wanted that game so bad, and I was living and dying on every possession, cursing and, and holding holding my breath and clutching the pillow. And just, just You should have seen me. should have heard me. It was nuts. I felt like I was inside the garden. But, man, I wish I was there. Great win. Let's talk. Um, no, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up with our trivia. We'll get to break one final time, and then that'll be that. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. All right, welcome back to the show. 
I'm your host, RJ Carbo, and you are listening to another episode of BD4. Thanks for stopping by and listening to the podcast. Maybe you're watching. Watching on YouTube or Spotify, or maybe you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other listening platform. It's all right. So with that said, let's wrap this up with our MYY, NYK, MMA trivia question of the day. All right, so for this episode 485, we got a true or false. True or false. With the conclusion of last night's game, that should say, the Knicks and Celtics have now faced each other 500 times in the regular season. That's all time. True or false. With the conclusion of last night's game, the Knicks and Celtics have now faced each other 500 times in the regular season. Is that true or false? One final time, true or false? With the conclusion of last night's game, the Knicks and Celtics have now faced each other 500 times in the regular season. All right, that is it. That is it, that is it, that is it. Big, giant win. Tomorrow's going to be even better because we've got the Nets, and that could be... That's just as big for me because, you know, it's it's one of the few gimmies will have coming up and I don't want to make it sound like tomorrow could be a trap game but we got to take advantage of that team we do they're 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 you know they're okay but they're not near what they used to be they're falling off a little bit as as expected and, and the Knicks have to take advantage of that you know so stomp on their throats beat them defeat the shit out of them if you can and then prepare for for TD Garden on Friday because that's um that's one that they can afford to lose now, but I don't want to say that because I don't want any bad energy. But th- this this win was was so big, just oh man, so big. All right, later. Thanks for stopping by. I'll see you next time. This episode was brought to you by Anchor.